because we got the alternative energy right. molecular free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network on this week's radioactive show we hear the session at the recent Australian Nuclear Free Alliance meeting about the clean up of Ranger uranium mine in the Northern Territory the discussion then acknowledges the wisdom of the Indigenous people of Australia, the longest living culture in the world. It was recorded by Michaela Stubbs and produced by me, Mara, on Ghana country in Adelaide. What happens when you close down a uranium mine in a World Heritage listed area? The Mira are traditional owners of parts of Kakadu National Park, the Ranger and Jabaluka uranium deposits and parts of Western Arnhem Land in Australia's Northern Territory. With the closure of the Ranger mine, the Mira have plans to continue to look after the country and turn Jabiru, a town set up to support the mine, into a town that supports their people. The Mira established Kunjahumi Aboriginal Corporation in 1995 to assist them in managing a balance between sustainable development, traditional practice and living culture on their land. Kunjahumi runs many cultural and community programs and engages with strategy, policy and management across several issues including land and cultural rights, environment and conservation, mining, education, health, child protection, retail and tourism. Gunjahumi represent the rights and interests of the Mira as well as receiving, distributing and investing royalties from the Ranger Uranium Mine which was imposed on Mira land in 1978. The Mira opposed plans for uranium exploration and mining on their country in the 70s, but they were overruled by the federal government when it legislated for the development of the Ranger uranium mine in 1976. So Ranger commenced operations in 1980 and it's now run by ERA, Energy Resources Australia, which is majority owned by Rio Tinto. As stated on their website, as traditional owners, the Mira bear responsibility for the impacts that activity on their land has on others. The possibility of uranium from Miraland being incorporated into a nuclear weapon or present at the site of a nuclear accident is therefore of enormous concern to Mira. Despite assurances from successive federal governments that Australian uranium is only sold to nations where there's no risk of proliferation, the fact remains that there are insufficient safeguards to ensure Australian uranium does not end up in nuclear weapons. In this session at the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance meeting, we hear from Kirsten Blair and Simon Majandi from Gunjahimi Aboriginal Corporation. But uh, just to talk about the territory, um, because historically in this uranium session we talk about the Ranger Uranium Mine and what their latest expansion proposal is and all of that, but in the last couple of years we've had this very exciting change up there, which is that they've stopped trying to expand the mine and they've realised it's time to pack up and get out of there. Which, yeah, is a great thing. So the phase that things are at in um, Kakadu and at, at Ranger on Mira country is that Ranger Uranium Mine is winding down. They've finished digging the ore out of the ground and they're now processing the few stockpiles that they have left. But the big focus for the company and also for traditional owners and the community more broadly is rehabilitation of that site. So there's been an open-cut uranium mine in a World Heritage area for the last 40 years and it's a uh, wet-dry tropical environment so there's a lot of water over the wet season and the water management issues have been really significant for the entire time that Ranger's been operating. 
So now looking at filling that hole back in and cleaning up the mess, what are they doing with the tailings, all of that, that's something that the Mira and Gunjait Me are really focused on, keeping an eye on and working with a group of trusted experts. And it's a timely moment probably to acknowledge that Gavin Mudd is an apology for this session and he has, is very involved in that process on behalf of the Mira. He's an excellent technical expert in all things relating to mining rehabilitation really, but specifically around water. Um, so that the mirror, I've got a lot of allies in that process, but it's a very, it's very unknown territory, really. The technical capacity of the industry and this company in particular to do it is unknown. And what they're trying to do is clean up this site, which has been, as I said, an open-cut uranium mine for 40 years, uh, to a state that they could see it incorporated into the Kakadu National Park and World Heritage Area. So a huge task and something that we need to see done well but if it's not, we don't want to let them off. We don't want to let them say we want to incorporate this into the park if it's not good enough. So that's, that's a really big part of the focus for Gunjait Me and the Mirror at the moment. And I might just talk also very quickly about the other significant rehabilitation project in the Territory, which is um, Rum Jungle. And I'm just going to touch on this briefly. Um, but... The Rum Jungle uranium mine stopped operating in the 70s and it has never really been cleaned up. So there's been a couple of patchy attempts made to clean up that site. But in recent years, there's an agreement between the Northern Territory government and the federal government to develop a process to finally clean it up properly. So the federal government have thrown a bit of money at that, but it's all in the writing reports, working out how they're going to do it. I think the EIS, someone else probably knows more about this than me, but I think the EIS is in train. Yep, so there's, a, there's only been a bit of federal money put towards developing that process so far. So that's another one that we just need to keep an eye on. But it's the fact that we're entering the rehabilitation phase at Ranger and Rum Jungle is yet to be cleaned up, having closed before Ranger opened. So um, the old man, Toby Gangali, who was senior traditional owner for the Ranger site before the mine opened, he went to Rum Jungle and he looked at that mess and he said, I don't want that happening on my country, I don't want this mine. That site hasn't been cleaned up yet. They're looking at trying to clean up on what was Toby's country. is now the country of Yvonne Margarula and those young ones who are here. So the Territory doesn't have a good track record on this, so we all need to keep an eye on it and there'll be potentially call-outs from the north to just help put the pressure on and keep the focus on that as it progresses over the next five to ten years, really, it is, but it's happening now. The other significant component of this, in addition to the environmental rehabilitation, which is huge, it's enormous, it's a massive hole in the ground, there's a huge tailings dam which has had all kinds of issues and leaks. The other clean-up, or the, sorry, the other rehabilitation that needs to happen is the social rehabilitation. There's a town that was built on Mirror Country specifically to service the mine and has brought with it a host of social impacts and the Mirror are continuing to live with those. Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Simon, as you all know that I've been here, not here, but at, in Calgary last year for the ANFA meeting, and it's good to be back again for the 20th anniversary today, and um, what am I here talking about? It's about the future of Gabru. Um, like the minister said, that I'm... Um, that our town is not going to be demolished, like what everyone says. Like, it's been that worldwide web all over that the town is going to be demolished after the mine closing. But as for us traditional owners, we 
we just want that land back. We don't want the mine. It's all right for the mine. They can just close the mine, but we just want that land. Because the mining that we had there, because all through the years, it's been affecting all our bush food, like fish, turtles, snakes, and magpie geese, and some whistle duck. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully in 2021, Jabru's going to be just a normal Jabru, but there'll be no mining, and and hopefully we will have we will have no more mining in our country never again thank you yeah it's we've already planned that um i think two years ago and we're just closing the mining cuz as you can see the sand pit from the mining it's all closing up the big like a dam thing yeah so it's been started from, I think, 2011. No, 10 or 11, that's when it started. Until, so we have, till 2021, then the whole thing, will, it'll be right to the top, the same. And all the old mining, like the truck companies and the old stuff, it's all going to get buried in there. Yeah. So everything that we own from the mining, it's going to get buried in our land. Anybody have any more questions? Yep. Um, with Jabber Township, how are you going to work out like, how it's all going to work with the number of tourists that come through there? We've been already worked that out between us traditional owners and the anti-government, and yeah, and we're still working on it. So they said that um, they wanted Jabber to be a small tourist town like Uluru. Yeah, but because um, Jabber, it's a... A renal place, and it's operated and owned by us. So I don't. Yeah, there's a process that the Northern Territory government is actually really dragging the chain on. The, there's a lot of complexity about Jabru in particular. So there are models of um, sort of equivalent towns, but because it's within the national park, there's issues with the lease. And so what Gunjait me wants to see is a, um, just for security of tenure is a township lease. And so that's what there's discussion at the moment with the Northern Territory Government about how to make that happen in a way where Mira have control and then there's the opportunity for it to be a tourism centre but also a regional service town, which is what it, it effectively is at the moment. So removing one aspect of its existence, which is the mining aspect, and maintaining something that really works for the region, that works primarily works for the locals but still serves that purpose of tourism. And there's a lot of potential with tourism within Kakadu that can still be tapped into that Mirara are looking at. Earlier this year, there was a really significant um, archaeological research paper published. Yeah, so it's about the, like what Dave was mentioning, about the <laughs> Majid Bibi art site. Well, um, we had this scientist mob came 2013 and... 2015, and what they found in our art site, um, they had to dig the ground right down to the bottom because the ocean, yeah, covered it up. Um, what they found, they found all of, all of our ancestors' stuff. They found a rock axe, a knife, and lots of painting, lots of... Our ancestors' bones and stuff. 
and they are still going through it today because because our people been here in the Northern Territory for 65,000 years. And that's how they found all the knife and axes like rocks in our country. Yeah, and it was on the Jablu Khalis. Yeah, and that's how I became famous in Adelaide newspaper, Melbourne, <laughs> Sydney, yeah. Front page. Front page, so I just got a text message from each and every one of the people that were working at one of those companies, you're on front page. And, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a good thing to know about our ancestors. Can I just clarify one thing about that research? What they said was it's the oldest home site that they've identified. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We just heard part of the session on the clean-up of Ranger Uranium Mine from September's Australian Nuclear Free Alliance meeting. Next, we'll hear another extract from that meeting. Russell Peters from Yalata in the southwest of South Australia speaks about leadership. He's followed with some brief comments from Vivian McKenzie and Mitch, who talk about the importance of listening to Indigenous people. I'd like to thank um, the Kana people and the Fujimana of this country for being here. Um, I've been hearing a lot of lot of um, concern from each community. Their concern, the problems that is coming from the community. Mining, related to mining, relation to uh, radioactive waste dump. We, I think we need justice, as somebody mentioned, justice. Justice to, I don't know whether the court allows on the path in Aboriginal um, relation to Aboriginal um, concern, as I said. It worries me a lot. The government is using too much law amongst the Aboriginal people. But we still live on hope. Hope. We know that our principle is here on the land. Our principle is here on the land. The connection Connection to the to the country and people, and relation to other African people across this state. The government needs to recognise our law. Our law comes from the people. The people. The government needs to recognise that needs to be what the treaty. If this can fit into the treaty. It's not a long way in there. It's the treaty. It's going to be end soon. And I am on the treaty. On the treaty. You have had Andrew Thomas. Well, I'm in his office. My office is there in the Flinders. I have a company, an organization. Aboriginal people have a law. This needs to be recognized by the government. Otherwise, we're using too much principle government principle. The colonization leads back to the thousands of years, going back to the uh, British. We escape from the British flag. We want we want freedom. The freedom is only the key to obtain and to manage in our country. To manage. We have a land 
Mary Pridal, no, not Madeline, um, NRM, was working with us in the land to make the country strong, to make us feel that we are part of the land and still we are in the land. And when we come to this meeting like this, like this we feel the strength of the people strengthening one another. This is a spirit, a spirit. When we talk about the land, we talk about the land of the spirit, the land of the law, land which is our forefathers has passed on. And also we, 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 want, to, we want to change. We need to change so that we can all be part of this walk, of this working relationship, working relationship of like we're having now. And this is the people power. I'm talking about people power. The mining, I call that a revolution, mining revolution. It's out there in the land. It's out there in west, north, south. It's all over. I call that a mining revolution. This upsets the people. Before, the people of the land have had their authority. The old people is the key to the land. The elders had, were the key to the land. They were the rulers. They had the principle. They were our rulers. We need to change a bit and come to a sense of unity, of, of like this, to talk, to strength, to use the people power. I want to ask some of you a question. Is that is okay? What do you think? Is that is okay? Strength, people power. Because government has the power already. They're using it. But people power is the land key to the freedom. What do you reckon? Anybody have a question? What do you reckon? Us. We, we ask my being. This is the power. When we talk about the land, when we talk about the culture, when we talk about the pe- people, we're not fighting against ourselves, but we're fighting for all of us. I was on the, I was on the march in the street. I was part of the South Australia marching for that radioactive voice. I was a voice on the parliament with the speaker. I was part of the white, white, white black, black parliament. There were a lot of people went against the government. That is the people power I'm talking about. That is power. We want freedom. So does the people in the city. They want freedom. If you go to America, if you go to other countries, will you see freedom there? But we're the leaders. We're the leaders. If we, are, if we don't lead the people, then we are misleading the people. We need to lead the people. The leader is supposed to be a leader leading the people away in the future to come, in years to come. Because we're losing a lot of, lot of our people. We're losing through alcohol, drugs. Young people, young people are led away. They don't want to worry about us. But we still lead us. Okay, I'll leave it up to you people to think about that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. One of the things we, we must never ever forget is what was passed down to us from our, our ancestors passed it down. So we're archaeologists and anthropologists now ourselves because... Because we know that, <clears throat> but we get these ones that are trained coming in from, from universities and trying to tell if only they listen to what the Aboriginal people to- tell them, 
But I look at it when we've got to record things is the government then will play that part on us and use that against us. So before time it was passed down, but now it's come to where it's been written down and the government is using that against us. Um, I think the last lot of archaeology stuff that happened in the Flinders Ranges was linked back to the rocks in Antarctica. So when they talk in Gone Wonderland, they got it mixed up of how people were travelling across the world. So we started off with Antarctica, Africa and America all in this big landmass. But we've already been recognised of having the Fink River as the oldest river in the world. We have the genes to prove that we're the oldest people in the world. That's why we don't handle grog and sugar that well for diabetes or them other Western diseases we're now catching. So there's no arguing amongst ourselves that we are. Yeah, like we can argue with white fellas about it all the time and we did it, well, I've personally done it done that argument, being told, oh, we can't go and change the history books and all that. But what we've got to get to a point with white fellas is, is disprove us. We don't have to prove nothing to you, mob. We know from the beginning of time, all our stories are from the beginning of time, when the water was at Alice Springs and the water was taken back. When we talk about the different islands that are around that contribute their dugong stories to us and different stuff like that, we've got to stop jumping up and down and working ourselves up into a heart attack saying, oh, but, but, but. That was Russell Peters from Yalata Community in South Australia. He followed Kirsten Blair and Simon Bajandi, who talked about the clean-up at Ranger Uranium Mine and the future of Jabiru, the tan that was set up to service the mine. After Russell, we heard from Mudjamantha woman Vivian McKenzie and Aranda elder Mitch. Ranger Uranium Mine is now coming to the end of its life. Mining has ended and some processing of stockpiled ore continues as the company faces the task of rehabilitating the site. There are many concerns about the environmental and human health impacts of the mine. Over 200 spills, leaks and breaches of licence conditions have occurred in the four decades of the mine's existence. A significant recent example was the catastrophic failure of a leach tank causing over 1 million litres of radioactive slurry to spill into the mine site. All mining and processing at Ranger must end by January 2021. Rio Tinto and ERA then have a five-year period in which they must rehabilitate the site to a standard that it could be incorporated in the World Heritage-listed Kakadu National Park. It is so important that this rehabilitation is undertaken comprehensively and in a way that ensures that the Mira and the Kakadu region are not left with a radioactive legacy. You can learn more about the story of the Mira people and Ranger Uranium Mine by watching the film Dirt Cheap, 30 Years On. There's a link to the film in the Uranium section on the Gunjahumi website, www.mira.net. We'll post links on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR with support from Friends of the Earth on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
Make peace, make love, no war. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.